from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. This is Conversations with Olivia Jade, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Conversations. I am so, so excited for today's guest, the amazing Olympic swimmer, Ryan Lochte. I honestly didn't know too much about Ryan Lochte. And I know one thing that we have in common is that we have both been on Dancing with the Stars. And so that really piqued my interest. And I just want to learn more about him personally, hear about his personal life, his goals, how he got into swimming. And I want to bring you guys along to talk about his journey as well. So with that being said, let's jump right into it and let's hear from Ryan Lochte himself. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm really good. I'm really excited to be interviewing you. This will be fun. Yes. Well, thank you for having me on. Oh my gosh, of course. So I'm really new at this. So you can take over as much as you want and, you oh, know, no, just no. speak your mind. <laughs> um, but obviously, I know you as an amazing, famous swimmer, Olympic swimmer. Oh, thank you. Thank and you. I don't know the proper way to get into these types of podcasts, but I think we should just jump in and I want to hear everything about you and your life and how you got into this. And I know you have a baby or two babies or yeah, I just want to hear it all. Awesome. So I think, yeah, maybe just want to start off by telling the audience like who you are, where you're from, how you grew up a little bit. Okay. Um, Yeah. Um, I'm Ryan Lochte. Um, I'm a 12 time Olympic medalist. I've been to four for swimming, 
um, I've been to four Olympics um, in 2004, 2008, 2012, and 16. And yeah, I mean, I grew up in New York. Nice. Um, upstate New York. Yeah. Uh, grew up there and I was always around the swimming pool. Um, both my swim, uh, my parents were swim coaches. So, I mean, I guess you could say I, I grew up on the pool deck. Ah, so that makes sense. So I fell into the pool. Like, um, my parents, what was unique was my parents never pushed me to swim. I kind of, ch- I chose um, it. And one thing they did say is like, whatever you do, like, you're not going to half-ass it. Like you're going to yeah. go all in and give it a shot. So I gave it a shot and I immediately just fell in love with the water. Like it was like my happy place. <laughs> That's so, um, cool. so I, I just stuck with, um, swimming. Um, I did a lot of sports growing up. Um, like you name it, I did it basketball, soccer, lacrosse, baseball, surfing skateboarding like i did everything so you're an athlete in general not just yeah. in swimming well, I like so. <laughs> yeah i believe it um and but it was always like swimming that just brought me back to the pool um i mean i could be having the worst day of my life and once i step foot in that pool everything just disappears that's and I'm so just, awesome like, I'm at home that's so cool wow Because I have a totally different experience. I was forced to do swim class when I was in like seventh or eighth grade. And they put me in the swim cap and make me go in the pool. And there was just like the slowest hour of my life. I was like, get me out of this pool. (laughs) So it's really cool to hear, you know, something that you're genuinely super passionate about. Yeah. Um, Are you still swimming? Yes. Yes, I am still swimming. Um, It's a lot harder now than it was back in the day. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) How do you manage all that with like a family and um you know that was probably one of the hardest things that um I was trying to deal with um is when when I started having kids um you know just trying to be like my life changed um I was no longer like swimming was my number one thing it wasn't like swimming was just like the cherry on top right um I became a, a dad, a husband, and that's what I was so passionate about. And nothing else really mattered in life. Like it was just me and my family. And I was just so happy. Um, I was genuinely happy. Um, and so swimming became like a second priority. Um, so that was the hardest thing I was trying to juggle, you know, just being a super dad and a super husband. But then going to the swimming pool and trying to compete against kids half my age. Yeah. Um, I just um, and it was just hard and it was taking a toll on me. So I started trying to think outside the box of how can I recover? How can I do things to help my energy levels, to help just basically everything that I was doing um, and trying to keep up with these younger kids. So one of the main things that I I started finding, I found out was this, um, it's this unique uh, form of vitamin B3 that supports a healthy aging and cellular repair um, called true nitrogen. And I started taking it and I immediately started feeling my energy levels like skyrocket skyrocketing like wow. i was i was going to swim practice in the morning training with these younger kids then going home and being a super dad playing with my kids all day 
and then going back to the swimming pool later on that afternoon and having more energy than the kids I was swimming against. Dude, what? They're like, where did you get this stuff? My swim team, they call me like, they call me Big Daddy. Oh my God. <laughs> that was my nickname. So they're like, Big Daddy, like, how are you doing this? How are you kicking her ass? I'm like, I'm not telling you my secret. <laughs> yeah, well, you just told it on my podcast. Well, I so just everyone. told you guys, but I mean, I, to these kids, I wasn't, I, I didn't tell them. Um, that was like my secret weapon. Yeah. So like that was one of the things I was doing. And then, of course, you know, as you get older, like it's harder for your body to recover. Sure. Um. So I also started. I found out uh, this Dr. Riggs relief. Um. It's like um. It's a supplement that you can take that helps your aches and pains. Okay. This is really good for me to know because I'm doing Dancing with the Stars right now and I'm oh, in so I, much I heard, pain. I heard and I <laughs> congratulate you. Like, I know you did it too, which we'll talk about. I will train eight years straight of swimming every day, then do Dancing with the Stars again because that was really? so hard. Yes. You think that's harder than Olympic yes. training oh and swimming? Gosh, yes. Like pointing your toes and having your pop, oh, yeah. like, no, no, it was no, brutal. No. <laughs> it was brutal. So, Hey, actually this stuff will help you. So okay. Wait, much. what's it called again? All right. So we got true niogen that will help your like cellular energy levels. Okay. And then Dr. Riggs relief. Okay. It's a supplement that you put in your water and it's like, cause I used to take Advil all the time for mm -hmm. swim practice just to get through the pain, but I stopped taking it cause it, you know, it messes up your digestion mm -hmm. like your organs yeah, and yeah, all yeah. That. so i started um taking the dr riggs relief and it works even better so wow I was having, like, no aches and pains so like when you're like dancing all like for eight hours straight yep take this stuff and you will be back at it <laughs> oh my gosh my partner's gonna be like who are you you're a different person i'm gonna be like yes, well yes. i got the inside scoop From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily. 
To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men... How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men because she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, well, obviously we can, I don't also, being somebody who's, you know, gone through stuff publicly, I know that sometimes it can be weird to talk about certain things. So there's no pressure to cover stuff that you don't want to cover or, but obviously you did make headlines, Um, which I get. You're not alone in this. I do get it. And I know, you know, it's like, I, I try to explain it when people ask me in interviews where it's just like, it's hard to talk about, at least for me and like my situation, it was hard for me to talk about. And it's so weird because it's just like, I carry around so much like embarrassment with it that it's just like, I don't want to be like brought back to that place every single time somebody does Mm -hmm. an interview with me or just ask me the same question again. And it's just like, you really want to move forward. But I also think what is so important when you do make headlines like that is to hear from the actual person and their perspective because at least for me personally I feel like so much got twisted in the media in my situation where I just like I still haven't really cleared much up but I I could imagine something similar happened to you or one one thousand percent like it started the the story started getting twisted and it started getting to the point where I like robbed a convenience store. Like it was, it was the media like twisting everything. But I mean, I just had to stay true to myself. Um, I mean, I was getting interviews and it always went back to 2016 Mm -hmm. where the headlines started. So I was younger then. I was probably like 15 turning 16. So from your perspective, walk me through what happened back then. 
Well, back then, I mean, well, everyone knows the story. So my story that I told, it was the actual truth. Um, the media turned it and it started becoming like I was lying um, and everything like that. Um, and it just got misscrewed. And, but, and then like all the shaming, like I think the hardest thing that I had to deal with back then was going on social media and looking up messages being like from little kids being like, you used to be my role mm -hmm. model and now you're not. Yeah. Like stuff like that killed me yeah out of everything like i'd wake up crying every day um and then you know she was my she was my girlfriend at the time she's my wife now she like kind of like slapped me <laughs> and said snap out of it like this is not who you are like you can't let them win like i know who you are i know the person you are you got to keep fighting and change people's minds about you because this is not this is not you. Like what people think about you is not the real you. So mm -hmm. you have to keep fighting. You have to be a fighter. Yeah. So I was, I started fighting every day, trying to change my image because, you know, being uh, like a celebrity, uh, I guess. Um, and I had this persona of like the rock star of swimming. Mm -hmm. So I had that. That's bad how I know you. <laughs> Yeah. So I had that bad boy image and I had a, like, I feel like I had to live up to it. Um, but it deep down, it wasn't really me. I wasn't mm -hmm. truly happy with myself until I found out, like, until I had a family of my own and right. my entire life changed. Do you, and how old are your kids or how many, first of all, yeah. How many kids do you I have? have two, two have kids. Two. Okay. Caden, uh, my boy, he's four years old. Oh, and then I have tiny. a girl live that is two. Oh, you got babies. I got babies. That's and so every exciting. Day, every day it's like it's a gift. Yeah. Every day I wake up, I'm like, geez, this is this is what life is. Yeah. Do you feel like you from that experience that we were just kind of talking about a little bit, like you what's like your biggest takeaway or learning lesson or something that maybe you would pass down to your children? And you know, I I someone asked me like are you gonna let your like kids know like what happened with you yeah and i was like yes i'm gonna sit them down and tell them like everything that happened because i want them to know and this is probably one of the things that i want to get them across and things thing a thing that i learned was you know in life you're gonna get knocked down mm -hmm. and i'm gonna be like your dad got knocked down to the very bottom mm -hmm. i lost everything all my sponsors, friends, money, like you name it. I lost everything. I was like the most hated man in the world I, at one point. Like yeah. it was just brutal. And, but that's what happens in life sometimes. But it's how you get up and how you keep moving forward is that is what's going to define you as a person. And yeah. that's what I want to like teach my kids. Like in life, you're going to get knocked down, but you got to keep up. You got to get up. And keep moving yeah keep moving forward so that's definitely what i want to teach them yeah that's a great takeaway i feel i feel similar towards that like when you do go through something publicly it's interesting too because you know a part of you feels like okay this is i deserve it and then a part of you feels like mm -hmm. oh my gosh this is such a bandwagon effect of so many people having this mob mentality that it's like hard to see straight and for in my experience like when i would read certain things about me it's like even though i know myself it's like kind of what you were saying and your now wife was trying to probably tell you and get you through it's just like 
you kind of yeah. lose sight of who you are and you kind of start to believe everything that's being told about you. And it's really mm-hmm. hard to like bring yourself back down and just be like, yep. I'm a good person at my core. Like I messed up bad, but I want to like, yeah. you know, show who I am and I deserve a second chance at life, you know? You know, everyone in, in life does does deserve a second chance. I agree with that. And it's just how you how you use it. I use that second chance and I changed and I started, people started seeing the real Ryan Mahti on, and this past Olympic trials, um, I saw a huge change. Um, like I got like a standing ovation when I got finished my last race, um, just people all around reaching out to me on social media, like on the street being like, Oh my gosh, you're a huge role model like that. Just like it's like full circle moment. Made my heart explode. Yeah. Like, yes, I'm like, wow. Like people are starting to see the real me now. Like what my closest fam, like my family. Yeah. My closest friends, like that knew me, that stuck by me. Um, people are starting to see that. And yeah. it was awesome. It was an amazing feeling. So this might be a dumb question, but I feel like I don't know too much about the Olympics. So which yes. like were you in the most recent Olympics or is this? No. Just walk me through all of this because I know nothing. So I don't even know how to phrase these questions. <laughs> okay. Um, so in 2004, I, I got uh, a gold and silver at the Olympics. That was my first wow. Olympics. In 2008, I got four Olympic medals. In 2012, I got five. That's insane. In 2016, I got one. Um, so I just missed this last, uh, this past Olympics. Um, I fell short and, you know, I think it was just, I put a lot of weight on, under, on my shoulders mm-hmm. just because I think I wanted it more for everyone to yeah. prove everyone wrong than for myself. Um, I wanted it definitely more for my family and not me. Um, so I fell short, but you know, the turnaround, everything that happened, like everything's meant to like, everything happens for a reason. I agree. And, you know, like the whole thing, like, and you can take away from this too. Like in 2016, every, that, all that bad stuff that happened to me, it was a sign that like, I had to wake up and smell the coffee. Like I had a, like, if I was going down this path of like, just this rock star image, I probably wouldn't have kids right now. Right. And who knows where I'd be. Yeah. Um, so everything does happen for a reason. And You just got to keep moving forward with your head up. Yeah, totally. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is neil strauss host of the tenderfoot tv true crime podcast to live and die in la i'm here to tell you about the new podcast i've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All 
these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. again could be a totally obvious question but you have like you people like try out every new olympic season basically and then yes. if you don't make that cut then obviously you're not in it yes so uh, a month before the olympics the actual olympic games we have in the u.s olympic trials mm-hmm. and you have to get first or second out of every swimmer in the united states you have to get first or second in your event Okay. And then once you get first or second, you make the Olympic team. Wow. And then you go to the Olympics and compete for the United States against the world. What is that like? Like being actually, because it just sounds so insane, like really like, you know, competing for your country, but then also, you know, so many people are watching and cheering you on or maybe not cheering you on. And like, what does that genuinely feel like when you're in that moment? 
it is the greatest feeling in the world. Like you're not swimming just for yourself. You're swimming for your entire country, the country that you yeah. love so much. Like when I put on that swim cap, that the one that you said you hate. <laughs> Don't ever put me in a swim cap. <laughs> um, when I was putting on that American flag swim cap and having my name under the American yeah. flag, that just was like, you know, I freaking made it. Yeah. I'm a king. Like that is that is the best, the greatest feeling in the world. When you were younger, did you know, like you said, you started swimming at a young age and both your mm -hmm. parents obviously um, kind of introduced you to that world. But did you know, like, or I guess at what age did you know, okay, I, this is going to be my career. Like this is everything to me. And I just want to like, Ooh, I was a late bloomer. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I wasn't that good in like in high school, like growing up. Interesting. Um, yeah. Um, I just had to work my butt off every day. Um, when I got to college, um, I still wasn't sure like if swimming was for me. Like, I mean, I love swimming, but like I wasn't great. Swimming in college was so hard just because, I mean, coming from high school to college and like you get introduced to like the college scene, like all that, like it was just, it was brutal. Um, but and swimming, it took me a while after probably about my freshman year. I was like, you know what? I think I can make a name for myself in this sport. Your freshman year of college? Yeah. So for anybody out there that's listening to this right now and you're down on yourself in high school for not performing your best, you heard it from Ryan Lochte himself. Worry. Don't give up. <laughs> Don't give up. You never give up. Just keep going. Go for that gold. Go for the gold. That's crazy. And you won your, so your first Olympics, you got a gold. Yes. My first Olympics. So my first Olympics was after my sophomore year of college and I got a gold and silver at the Olympics. And then seriously, I used all that like momentum that I had from that Olympics to carry on throughout my swimming career. Wow. Um, after the 2004 Olympics, I got back to Gainesville, Florida. I went to university of Florida. Um, I got back home and I immediately started setting goals for 2008. I was like, I want to do better. I want to get wow. more gold. So, um, yeah. And then it just kept on going in that kind of pattern every four years, like setting new goals, trying to improve myself, trying to make myself better every day. And what, what's the training like behind that to like really get, or I guess to better yourself, like what things were you doing differently? Just like practicing more and being physically in the water? You know, I started setting more um, short-term goals every day in practice um, because all those little short-term goals, like having short, uh, those goals every day, like they're going to add up. Um, so I started setting little goals every day. Um, started taking care of my body outside the pool um, and just pushing myself. Um, started doing uh, more weightlifting. Um uh, things like that. So you just like all in all bettered yourself and took it like up a notch, really like took it next level to perform. I just kept on taking my body. I kept on pushing my body to like, I can out train anyone. I feel like wow. just because I don't have a stopping point. Yeah. Like, I will go until I pass out. I'm bleeding from my eyeballs. Like I'll just keep going because the goals that I wanted, those long-term goals that I wanted, nothing was going to get in my way. Like, yeah. And I hard work not, pays like, off. Yeah. Hard For work. Sure. Yeah. Sounds like it. And I'm, I'm asking that because I do want this podcast and I want people listening, like, especially when I have guests like you and somebody that's worked mm -hmm. so hard for something, I want people to have a takeaway and then 
maybe people in a similar situation would be like, okay, so even though there were tough times, like he got through it, he's still persevering. He's still trying to, you know, make 2020 or 2021 Olympics. Like he had, he really hasn't given up, which I think is really inspiring. Um, what do you do now? Like what's your day to day? I know you're still swimming, but Um, I'm still, I'm still getting in the water. Um, you know, you know, after, after Olympic trials in July, it was really hard for me. Um, like mentally, Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, physically I was drained from the sport of swimming. I mean, I've been doing it for what, 28 years. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> I was a little tired, <laughs> <laughs> um, but mentally I was, I was really frustrated with myself because, you know, I care so much about everyone and I wanted me to make the Olympic team for everyone else to prove everyone wrong. Right. And that I didn't make it. I was, I would wake up after Olympic trials, like when I was home, I would wake up, go to the mirror in the bathroom and be like, I'm a, I'm a failure. Cause I felt like I failed. I failed everyone. And it was the hardest thing to move on throughout my day. I was just, I was depressed. Yeah. I was like, I just failed everyone that like was cheering for me. Like I failed my family. Like looking at my kids and my wife every day being like, like your dad's nothing. And then there's a different way to look at it too, where it's just like, but you still went out there and tried and like, that's so admirable. So that was like, that was the hardest thing to me overcome that. How did you overcome that? Um, honestly, playing with my kids every day, like having my kids come up to me and being like, I love you, dad, dad. I'm like, you know what this is life (laughs) I love you yeah Um, so like I had to turn to my family I had to turn to my close circle and that's what I did this time like I turned to my family I'm like you know what like I can't be depressed like there's there's no like look at my kids like look at my family that I brought into this world like I can't be depressed over that like yeah this is the greatest thing in the world yeah so like I kind of like basically snapped out of it yeah and like now I'm, I mean, I still think about like, man, I wish I made the Olympic team, but like, I'm not depressed anymore. Like I'm the happiest I've ever been right now. That's amazing to um, hear. I'm getting back I'm my, myself. I'm getting back into the water. I'm starting to train again, hanging out with my family more. Like, it's just, it's fun. Do you think you're going to try for the next Olympics? Ooh. Ooh, Is that a loaded question? <laughs> I don't know. Um, to don't be know. continued, maybe. We'll see. Yes. Uh, you know, I'm definitely going to be involved in the sport, whether it's me competing or me. What I really want to do is I want to help the younger generation. So Love that. I want to teach kids how to swim. I want to teach kids things that I've learned throughout my swimming career and help them just help the younger generations because I want to see the younger youth like grow. Totally. That's so cool. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I think the last question I have, because you are so iconic, I think in so many ways and such a talent, if you could give advice to kids or adults or whoever is listening to this, what would you say that really got you through those moments to persevere um, and just to keep your mental in check? And I'm even going to take a page out of this book because (laughs) I could use it. (laughs) I say never lose yourself. You out of anyone in this entire world know who you are. Do not lose who you are. 
and try to better yourself every day, no matter what. You might have everything handed to you or might have everything going for you, but always try to better yourself every day and just keep moving forward. Like you can learn from the past, but don't dwell on the past. Love that. Love that. You guys heard it here first. Thank you so much for coming on, Ryan. You were so yes, sweet. Of course, it's such and a thank pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And hey, kick some ass. <laughs> thank you. I'm going to try. Yes. Point my toes. How, like, how are you enjoying it? <laughs> it's been so much fun. I mean, it's so yeah. hard. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I don't know but how. No, it is so much fun. Yeah, but it's a it yeah, a it's a blast. I'm having a good time for sure. So hey, good luck. Well, I'm gonna start watching. Thank you. I appreciate yes. it. Thank you and so much. I will much. be voting for you. Yes, thank you. You're the best. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for coming on. Have a great rest of your day. All right. Thank you. You too. Bye. Wow, that was such an amazing conversation. And I think one of the things I'm going to love most about this podcast is that we really get to know people uh, beyond just the surface or what we see online. And it was so much fun talking to him. He seems like an amazing dad and his family's his main priority now. And it's just so beautiful to see that growth and just to hear from him personally. So that was really, really exciting. And I hope you guys all enjoyed listening to him. And make sure to keep messaging me and tweeting me or whatever it is you guys have. Any other people you want to see, any other experts or mentors or anything that you guys are interested in, I really want to incorporate on this podcast. So thank you guys again for tuning in and we'll see you soon. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest 
to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 